Welcome to 321Go, the podcast. I'm John Pelkey. And I'm Carissa Galloway, and we're bringing you stories from start to finish to keep the everyday athlete motivated to keep moving towards the next finish. John, listeners, get excited. Pew, 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 fireworks, because it's a bonus episode day. Wow, great fireworks sound effects by you. Love it. We had the opportunity to get some midseason tips from the one and only Jeff Galloway for those of you who are training for Dopey. It's coming up, folks. It's coming quickly. That's right. Make sure you're getting in those miles. Hopefully you're listening to us while you do so. We're also going to talk about a special opportunity John had. He didn't need his passport, but he ventured into space for a few hours on something that might not be able to do anymore. And ladies and gentlemen, the world broadcast debut of Mr. John Pelkey singing aboard the Disney Wish. John, how do you feel? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm glad I'm not going to be in the room with people when they listen to it, though I think I, I think I did okay. Um, but it was uh, it was great opportunity, and uh, in case you're worried, folks, it's not just me at the karaoke bar after a couple of scotches singing Dream On by Aerosmith. Um, by the way, I should have uh, mentioned now? we... We, uh, that used to be my that used to be my go-to. That used to be my go-to. And by the way, I had Aerosmith tickets for next week, and they've canceled and are rescheduling after the first of the year because Steven Tyler's got vocal problems. You know who doesn't have vocal problems? Me, Johnny. singing on the Disney Wish. So it was a great opportunity for me that uh, got some really nice feedback from the lovely people on the DBC Wish and uh, singing uh, for just a, just a moment, just a slight moment with a Broadway star. So there you go. That's the mic drop. Thanks for listening. Let's do this. We have another awesome bonus episode for you guys today because we know even though it's it's fall now, Dopey is there. We are in the midst of Dopey training. So... I have the privilege that Jeff Galloway sometimes comes to my house. He sleeps in this room that I'm in. I sleeps in my office, uh, takes over my office, which is fine. I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. It's Jeff Galloway. But since he was here, we said, why not get a little of Jeff's knowledge to help those people who are in the midst of dopey, that time where your brain might be saying, what did I sign up for? How can I do this? So we've got a one-on-one with Jeff to give you some tips to get through dopey, to keep going through that training, and also... We're going to let everybody know throughout the episode how to take part in an opportunity to have Jeff and some other people you've heard on this podcast as your personal coach to get you to your finish line. So that's coming up, John. But before we get to that, I'm so excited to have some time to talk about what we've teased far too many times on this podcast, (laughs) your journey into, is it outer space? Is it... I, where where did you go? What was your journey? Uh, let's go. Well, I guess we'll go outer space. Is yes, it outer space? I had an opportunity to uh, to for a, 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 a not a full two day cruise, but uh, a, a three, three hour, hour tour. tour. I know it's all I could think of, and I, I I hope that someone who decided it would be three hours actually had that on their mind. I got on the Galactic Star Cruiser because, as you know, I uh, my wife is friends. Air quotes. People may with, not uh, know this because I don't think we've actually put this part out there maybe not medium. maybe not so she is friends I, i'm yes, air quoting this is important everyone listen up i think this is remarkable your wife far more talented than you well and again i've set the bar low so what does that and really better say? looking than one would think yes <laughs> just kidding we talked about that too. right it's fine. okay carissa was all right yeah. i'll stop if, if, I'll you, stop listen, if you haven't listened before carissa was surprised my wife was attractive apparently she this didn't think i'd be able ago. to 
Landry. Yeah, it was. Uh, but anyway, quote, uh, air quotes. She's friends with uh, Captain Keevan on the Star Cruiser. So they had a they had a little friends and family thing um, for for folks, uh, because uh, if people don't yeah, if know, you don't know October, this and you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Hello. You're not listening Welcome. closely, uh, but they are. uh they are uh, sadly bringing the Star Cruiser experience to an end at the uh, end of September. I think the final cruise is 27th, 28th of September. Um, so they gave an opportunity for those of us who uh, had connection to, f- to folks on the Star Cruiser to take a three hour uh, tour where we got to see a little bit of uh, the action stuff that happened. We got to sample some of the food. We got to take a tour of the cabins that you stay in and just the ship. Uh, the whole ship uh, was, was kind of open for us to see things. And it was, uh, you know, for a kid, again, I, when Star Wars came out in May of 1977, I was 12 years old. I turned 13 that summer. And, uh, you know, you know, when you're 12 years old, Carissa, the big movie, the big band, I mean, those are things that are just as so nostalgic to you. And then take into account for, and for those of you who are too young to remember it or too old to remember it as I'm learning, you could get to, uh, it was a cultural phenomenon that, that film. And so it really occupies a large place in our lives. Um, and, uh, I reverted back to that 12 year old kid when I got on this, uh, this just amazing thing that Disney, uh, built this galactic star cruiser. And it was, uh, it, it was just terrific. And, Hats off to everybody who had any part in this, the designers, the directors, the uh, obviously the great cast members who worked in support, the folks in the in uh, the bartenders, because we got to sample some of the the really, really cool craft cocktails. And I was really smart. I brought my friend David along, who's a, a an orthodontist and thus has a lot more money than the rest of us. I thought he was going to say he made you him. brush your teeth after you tried uh, that. To get well, he does the that. Sugar he, off he, your teeth. Yes, he does, and I do try to take uh, good care of my teeth. But uh, also, with all that money and me getting him on the Star Cruiser, I made him buy my drinks, um, and, and I think that was only fair uh, for that. But uh, and and then of, of particularly the the folks in entertainment, the performers. Uh, my hats off because it, it it was truly truly unique. Um, and, and I am, we've said this so many times on this uh, podcast, I am as cynical as anybody about all of this stuff, theme park entertainment. I've been doing it for 33 years and, and frankly, and you know, this Chris, some of the magic goes away a little bit when you're, when you're there all the time. And when you know, you know, some of the backstage Mm -hmm. stuff, but, uh, that was not the case at all for this. I, I, I was as overwhelmed as I was when I was a kid and went on space mountain for the first time. It, uh, it, it, it's truly something special and, I hope that they find some some way to repurpose it or bring it back, because uh, if all you have to do is go on a site where the folks who have actually done the full two days, two and a half days um, and and get their comments to to see what it meant to the people who were able to go on it. And I know it's an it was an Mm -hmm. expensive endeavor, but I want to lay this out for you. It was around five thousand dollars for the two nights for a room, not per person. Okay. And there was a lot of stuff out on the internet that uh, that was incorrect about that. The rooms can sleep up to five people comfortably, actually. And the rooms are just really, really cool. Um, so that's $2,500 per night, split five ways. That's $500 and includes your meals. Your that is not as expensive. What's that? 5000 yeah, so five thousand for the whole uh, for the whole thing. So twenty five hundred dollars a night. 
Oh, so I was like, okay, I, I missed five. that. I just yeah, make but, sure. Man, please I don't, please don't make me do math again. I, just, I have all of this written down. $2,500 a night, split go. five ways, $500 a night, yes, but that. it included all yeah. your meals as well. And I, I don't know how much it, stay, it costs to stay in the Grand Floridian because I can't afford it, but I know it's north of that, Yeah, let's say. And you and you don't get meals. And again, this is not a hotel. It is a fully immersive live action role playing for people who don't know. LARP live action role playing is becoming a bigger and bigger entertainment LARP. entity. I've never I never heard that before. I like oh, that. you've never heard li- no. live action role no. playing LARP. LARP. Yep. And uh, it, it, it's just it's truly, truly unique. And uh, again, I can be as cynical as anybody, but hats off to the Walt Disney Company and everyone involved because it it greatly exceeded my expectations. And I knew a lot about it going mm-hmm. in, given my wife's yep. close relationship with Captain Keaton. What was Jody's emotions like? You know, I know Jody was not a full timer, so she filled in uh, in yep. this capacity. So people, I've been there, I didn't see her. What was her emotions like when this ended? Because I believe oh, she, she was ve- she, she, she took she this was very sad. seriously. Because I, I had talked to her before; we'd be somewhere, and she'd say, "Oh, I, I can't go do this this day because I need to prepare for this for the next day." Because she didn't do right. it all the time and she took it very seriously because it was a very demanding performance role for her specifically. I, I don't know everybody else, but for hers was a very demanding role. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, one of the largest, one of the largest roles and, but everyone really uh, going above and beyond. And again, 33 years, I started at universal in the spring of 1990 before it even opened. I've done countless um, theme park jobs, countless events throughout all of that time. And, there's really never been anything that that required as much of, from the performers because in the live action role playing stuff, there there are obviously scripted elements. LARP, yes, LARP. LARP. We, hitherto to be referred to as LARP, there there are scripted elements, but then there is a vast amount of improvisation that's required, and you are interacting with different people. All you know, there are several hundred, couple hundred people on this ship, and you're interacting with all of them. And there are technical elements that come into play where you can send them. Uh, they they'll get messages from different characters on their on their phone, the app on their phone about missions that they can go on. Um, I, I, again, I would never be able to do it justice to explain everything mm-hmm. that it is. But but believe me, what's what's asked of the people on there w- was much greater than anything that's ever been asked of uh performers in this town and i am as familiar with what people have to do in disney and universal shows as anyone it, it really but to that required point, a lot of her time was it because you know you're saying that and it could be a positive or a negative it could be oh this is too much work this is too hard but it seems like from everything i've heard the people in this situation because of the world they built were were more than willing and wanted to do it because it was such an enjoyable experience is that correct Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the whole thing. You wanted to be prepared. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, the, the folks who weren't there on on consistent basis wanted to be prepared when they were coming back in because it was so much you want to refresh and make sure you know that the, the scripted elements and the and uh, the, the outline of the of, of the stories are there for you. Um, but the interaction with everyone and uh, some of the stories that I've heard about uh, kids coming on um, mm-hmm. special needs kids just just people older people who turned into little kids when they're you know Chewbacca is all of a sudden there and there's a picture of me with Chewbacca and I look at that and again I'm 12 years old again uh they they wanted to do that so I'm not saying there's any complaint I'm just saying that 
it, it it was something that required elite talent that was committed and they had that in spades she said when she was walking out they were just you know fighting back tears the whole time and and not being able to fight them back at other times because it was just so emotional and uh when they uh walked out through the back doors all the stormtroopers were lined up mm. clapping for it oh, I know. I know. It's so good that she has to do it, though. But I I, I tell you, mark my words, that you haven't seen the last of that thing. Yeah. I think the way you're describing it, and I haven't been on it, uh, obviously, I'm not going to go on it, is exactly what Walt Disney envisioned when he created, you know, Disneyland Park, was a world that you went in, and then the point was that kids and adults could play together, and adults could get lost in the story. And again, we're not, we don't know the reasons we're not going to go into the, the positives and negatives. It's, it's going away. We, we had the highest hopes and we're putting it out in our universe that somehow that they can retain this, this idea and that other people can go on to enjoy it. Uh, are we allowed to talk about what the schedule or the process was like for Jody when she went into this universe? Like her day um, a little bit. Yeah, it was, a. Uh, she came in, um, uh, she wasn't in the original crew. Um, and she came in like, a little bit the, later. Like, but I, it was, she had a lot. There were long days. And then she had an element of preparation every day to get ready for her role. Right, right, right. I'm so it was it without uh, yeah. saying <laughs> it was an ex- it was an extensive it was an extensive rehearsal period. A- again, the, the the scripted and outlined elements of what you were doing, because it's over two days and there are many different tracks involved with this. You could you could go on and you could follow the first order. Or you could be part of the resistance or you could be neutral Maybe you're just, you know, a smuggler looking out for yourself. Those you create your own story that then fit into the story. Um, so, in a, yeah, in addition to uh, learning the outline and my uh, my wife's a brilliant improvisational uh, performer. So that part of it, you know, as were the 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 all the people who were on there, that that was the part that was needed. Um, but you had to familiarize yourself with the with the whole canon. Where does this fall in the Star Wars canon? What, you know, what would you know about? What would you not know about that? You know, the history of that ship is it's the ship that uh, Han and Leia went on for their honeymoon. So there's a lot of background information. Yeah. And they actually uh, there was a place where they had uh, inscribed their uh, a heart with their initials in it in the engineering room, which we all went to see on the ship. Uh, so, yeah, it it really, really required not only the time that was put in there on the ship, to learn all of the uh, uh, the mechanics of what you were doing in the space, but uh, also just familiarizing yourself with this. You just needed a background knowledge mm-hmm. that uh, you just don't have to do for most of the shows you do. You know, if you do a play, maybe you write a, a biography of your character prior to when he's seen on stage, he or she is seen on stage, just to give you a a starting point. I don't want to get too in the weeds. John does on, that uh, before back- every run Disney race. He does a background. Of <laughs> I do. I do. I write a, Where is I write Johnny a biography on this day. What is Pua and the onesie <laughs> feeling? You know, what did he, how, what was his well, childhood like? I really should, you know, and I really should actually, uh, you know, learn the Disney canon better than I, I I don't even think we're we're not performers that run Disney. We're just, that's true. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, in addition to, uh, all of the skills that you need to bring and the, the learning, the, the part and, you know, knowing what your cues are and all of that, and then physical cues of things that you have to do, you know, because you have to turn things on. And then there's a part where you're, you're moving something and all, all of those things. Then you just have to know this vast canon of Star Wars knowledge and where you fit in it. It it really it really really remarkable. And again, 
Boy, they swung for the fences yeah. with this one. They did not. They didn't pull a single punch. And uh, for everybody who was complaining that it was, uh, oh, it's so pricey. Yeah, it sure is. But I, I I put it to you this way. I love to drive and I have a Mazda CX-3 and I enjoy driving it. You do? I do. Yes. I like driving my car. No, I, feel I like would I like you had to... a different car. <laughs> You thought you didn't know I had a Mazda? I didn't. I mean, you uh, used to have I a, parked it in front of your house like dozens Ford, of times. You had a Cooper, a Mini Cooper at some point? No, that was Jody. She had a Mini okay. Cooper years ago, and I had a couple of Ford Escapes, yeah, but I have a Mazda CX-3. The point being, okay, I would love sorry. to be, and you were just you, part of your Nice trip. You got to go to Monaco. I'd love to be in a Ferrari. I can't afford a Ferrari. That's not Ferrari's fault. They shouldn't start making cheaper cars so I can do that. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I personally could not afford to go on mm -hmm. necessarily it wouldn't be i don't know if i i would have to decide that um but that you don't hold that against the attraction because it was uh it was remarkable and again i think i've laid out that is it really any more expensive than uh a top level cruise on a cruise ship yeah i don't I, think it was well but frankly. it was a great journey do you have one moment that stands out from your three hours on there like that you can kind of paint us a picture of, of what it was like did you get to pick a path at all did you get to do any of that or you were just kind of just taking uh, it in we, we we did get to pick a little bit of a path we uh, we started out with our bridge training which uh we, we were on the bridge with the captain and uh we had to repel a tie fighter attack um and we got to move from different area there's one area where you're uh uh shooting at the tie fighters you're you're controlling the the weapons one where you're controlling the shields and then where you're damage control. And we, so we got to do all of that, uh, the bridge training, which was really, really cool. And then uh, we were actually told by the captain to do something for the cap. I need you to go and do this for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to actually say what that was, but that, that was a part of following the, the rebellion. And of uh, course track, you followed that path so that you could have. Yeah. Follow yeah. to follow that path. But then, you know, because again, it was a truncated thing. We weren't there for a long time. Then we were really just able to, uh, mingle with the characters around, uh, the ship. Uh, we, we saw Chewbacca come on. I have pictures with Chewbacca mm -hmm. and Ray. And then, uh, the lightsaber fight that we got to see, uh, was, was, was pretty remarkable. And all this stuff is on the internet. And I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you, if you haven't booked a cruise by now, you're not going to get on there, but there's Kylo Ren's involved and it's just, it's, it's just really, really well done. Did he get I, his I wanna, muffin break I, though? Did what's Kylo, that? Was there any point in which Kylo Ren had a muffin? No, there was break. no, and I did not see Matt, Matt, Matt the radar technician. See, that's that's where I'm at. Like, is Matt the radar technician there? Do you remember well, the I'll first Star Wars? We had so many Matts running at us, throwing <laughs> us muffins. There were people that, dressed as Matt the radar technician throwing us muffins. That, uh, outside of stormtroopers and Han Solo and Princess Leia, which are probably the three most common yep. characters. Matt, the radar technician, was in the top five. That Had to great. have been. And they made the card. I'm sorry I killed your son. Yeah, so absolutely. No. And now, and I will say that the folks who went on this thing, uh, <laughs> this dark cruiser, uh, they, the vast majority of them went fully yeah. into it. I mean, they, backstories for their characters, costumes, oh, and okay. I'm, I haven't actually seen one specifically, but I'm sure there was a Matt, the radar that technician. Would be, that'd be new. At some point. Well, right. hats off to Jody for being part of something that, you know, will go down in history as one of the most magical things that the Disney yeah. Star Wars really does. universe has been able and to again, create. And again, fingers crossed that it's just the beginning of, of something. And I do think you will see, and this goes across Disneyland, Universal Studios, Disney mm -hmm. World, whatever, live action role playing is going to become 
what the street theater used to be, which you see less and less yeah. of. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, Can you say where Jody may be seen now at Hollywood Studios? Occasionally? Uh, let's just say, say if you if you happen to wander in for a sing-along okay yep it's you might uh y- y- you might see her it's and possible. uh she she's also still over there at the horror makeup show at universal with me as are you all right so we're not there we're not there very often but she's also doing a, a number of different uh if you ho- need to buy home up. in orlando jody can help <laughs> well yes she's working on that and then the holidays are coming up and uh for a performer there's a lot of opportunities out there for Halloween events, Christmas, Christmas events. Elves? Sadly for me, there's no there's no Thanksgiving. This year? Do we know? Uh yeah, I, I I think we can uh, I think we can safely assume that will happen. And also maybe your favorite uh <gasps> your favorite witch. Oh, my favorite we'll, witch. We'll, we'll just let's not you know let's, that performs. I, I don't want to put I don't want to put bad karma out there. Nope. We'll see. Nope. Okay. Okay, we're gonna move on. That's very exciting for my children. You're very verklempt now. You got very verklempt. I am. I forget. Okay, John, my memory's terrible. And I forget. The, like, what? I forgot something the other day. Oh, that you said. I saw you in Ragtime. I forget things. And oh, so yeah, I was that's just right. reminded of my favorite annual thing to go see Jody at. And I am excited that it hopefully will come back. Well, well by the way, and it, we're going to do this actually on the. This is something we would normally do off the podcast. Yep. But I'm going to tell you on the podcast. <gasps> That you asked me a question when you brought up the me singing thing. Yeah. You said, would it be possible to do this? And I can now answer you and say it would absolutely be possible for us to do that. I forgot. Well, what was that? To play? <laughs> See, that, that part I'm not going to tell you off the... You were asking about uh, the possibility of audio. Yes. Do we have that? Uh, we, well, I sent it to you. So, uh, but you yes. did. But then you said, "Don't you don't die of need permission." Uh, well, right, so and I'm now telling you on. This, so folks, here's this what we're gonna a- do. Weston's gonna edit in right now the audio of John Pelkey. John set the stage for what we're about to hear. All right. Well, I was uh, I, I was lucky enough. I worked at Disney Vacation Club Cruises, and I was asked to do a well partial duet, um, sing the Frollo part from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, with uh, with my friend Broadway star, the original Tarzan on Broadway, Josh Strickland, and uh, it was it was really really special, and I think I did a a pretty commendable job. So we will not play Josh's singing. <laughs> so just when you edit it, uh, not because I don't want the comparison, but I did not reach out and ask him that. But uh, if you want to if you want to slip a little of mine in there, uh, be kind when I didn't get pitchy. Performance uh, of a lifetime. John. Yeah, so little John, little I'm trying uh, to introduce out there. You. You're gonna stop talking, so we can need a really? dramatic. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Disney Wish Atrium. This is John Pelkey. The world is cruel. The world is wicked. It's I alone who you can trust in this whole city. I am your only friend. I who keep you, teach you, feed you, dress you. I who look upon you without fear. How can I protect you, boy, unless you always stay here? Away from here, but what I taught you was emotive. Do as I say, obey, and stay in here. Good job, John. 
Right. We've we've listened to it. I've I've only I've I've really only listened to it once. John's gonna, May have listened gonna to it more it than in, once. So that's it. All right. So going from one star to another, 1972 Olympian, run Disney training consultant, best-selling author, nicest man on the earth. Uh, we've got Jeff Galloway here. John, we got questions about Dopey. Let's get to him. All right, Jeff. Uh, welcome. Always great to have you. It, 16 weeks until Marathon Weekend. Hard to believe. What are the typical questions that you're getting around this point in people's training for Marathon or Goofy or even Dopey? Well, there are several things that uh, come up this time of year. Uh, generally, I get questions concerning the Dopey in two areas. One of them is people who are generally focused, have generally been on track, but have missed one or two runs because of the hot weather that we've had. The second group is among those that hadn't been doing hardly anything. And it's not too late to do the dopey and to do the training for it, but you really need to consider and then put into place a number of things that won't get you injured or tired all the time. First thing, first group, uh, that group that has been pretty diligent but missed some of the long runs, can get back into the schedule pretty easily by putting more walking into the long runs as on the schedule. Let's take an example that I recently uh, had presented to me. Uh, a client who had only been doing, uh, oh, about, I think that the figure was 10 miles was the longest run. Uh, and they had been scheduled to do a half marathon distance, but it was too hot on that given day or whatever it was. So what I had that person do and what I would recommend from any, anybody that's a little behind is to walk at least one-third of the distance of the next long run or adjust the run-walk-run significantly in favor of the walking. For example, let's say someone legitimately uh, was running for 60 seconds and walking for 30. Well, to catch up with the program, I would recommend 30-30 and those are seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, or 20, 20, uh, or 15, 15. Or if uh, someone is coming off a sickness or something and uh, is a little concerned about the weariness of jumping back into long runs, I would simply uh, do the walking the whole way on the next long run. Uh, we have found, without a doubt, that walking the entire distance of a long run will give you the same endurance that you would get from covering the distance running in any format. So the second group, that group that hasn't been doing a lot of running, or maybe not at all, walking is the key. And I would definitely recommend on every one of the long weekends to walk the entire distance until the fitness level comes back. And that's probably not going to happen for most people who haven't been doing any regular training until about, oh, November, the middle of November. So you're going to be 
getting closer to the race date itself. But by walking again, you won't be beating yourself up and you will get all the endurance of the long one. Uh, Now, what you would have to do is readjust the schedule, the uh, schedule that I did on the Run Disney site. And you do that by counting back from the race weekend. The longest one is 26. The day before that would be a 12-miler. The day before that would be a 5-miler. And the day before that would be a 3-miler to get in the dopey training. Uh, So that would stay in place. Then what you would do is um, subtract 4 miles from each long run distance. And um, on every weekend that the dopey training is scheduled, you would subtract four miles from the longest one. Uh, You would subtract three miles from the day before, which is the simulation for the half. And then uh, on the uh, day before that, you could subtract a mile and a half. And that will get you back to a doable amount of distance coming up because the uh, next training run is right around the corner and is best done this coming weekend. Jeff, what are your recommendations for people if they're wondering, should they take it easy on one of the race days for Dopey? Should they walk the whole half marathon or even plan on, you know, time willing walking the whole full? The best strategy as verified by thousands who have reported in to me on this is to walk the day before the marathon, to walk the half. Uh, And most people that I have talked to with, only a a handful, three or four people, were, were caught up by the balloon ladies. But if you are caught... Uh, towards the end of your half marathon, then go into a run-walk run that you've tested before that can keep you at the 16-minute pace ahead of the balloon ladies. Uh, And the simple uh, fix is just to join our pace group. The last pace group is right before the balloon ladies, and they will get you through. Uh, And it's it's a fun group to go with, too. All right, Jeff, from your standpoint, what should people look forward to about accomplishing something like the Dopey Challenge? What it's about is even though you are super tired, you can find a way to keep going. It's just a matter of not giving up, of continuing to go. And when you push yourself through an experience like that, you turn on brain circuits that make you feel amazing. And it's one of those things that I have heard from several thousand people now who've done the dopey training and the race itself. And they question themselves all the way through the training. And it was one of the most inspiring things that they've given themselves. 
You've said, Jeff, that training is difficult getting ready for something like the Dopey Challenge. You, five-time Dopey Challenge finisher, uh, in your program, your training, an element that is unique is that the long run actually takes people up to 26 miles and sometimes even more. And I know when people think that, they think, oh gosh, that's so far. But why do you think this is important and how does it go on to help people? Well, again, I I definitely have studied the uh, data on that. And those who used to run 20 miles in preparation for a marathon and converted over to our 26 miles, the average improvement has been 15 minutes. And those who wanted to improve their times but had run 26 before and go up to my recommendation of 29 miles, end up with an average improvement of 11 more minutes. So there's a lot of time that could be had. You can improve if you go longer, even if you go slower, and even if you walk every step of those long runs. There are a lot of physiological benefits. The main Uh, one as identified by the research I've seen is the physiology inside the muscle itself in terms of the increase in blood capillaries so that you're getting more blood into the working muscles and you're withdrawing the waste products by the outflow of blood and uh, you're getting more oxygen throughout the system. Uh, Not only does the oxygen help you during the run and in recovery, but it allows you to run aerobically for a long period of time, which means you're burning more fat, you're not having to burn glycogen. Uh, And then the other major benefit physiologically is identified uh, by the physiologists that study endurance uh, running has been the mitochondria. They increase in size and in number And just to refresh you from your high school or college courses in physiology, the mitochondria are the powerhouses inside the muscle cell. They are the components inside that muscle cell that convert your fuel into energy and make things happen there. And um, by doing the longer, long runs, you are able to have more of those mitochondria working for you so that you are stronger for a longer period of time. And as I said, that's the main reason why you see faster times at, uh, when you go longer. All right. As most people know, you're known for creating the run-walk-run method that's helped millions, including myself, to get across the finish line. What's your elevator pitch for run, walk, run, and why should someone consider it if they're just, at this point, nonstop running? Run, walk, run gives each person who does it control over how they feel during workouts, in recovery, and also if you've had injuries before. It gives you control over how much stress you're going to put on those weak links that tend to result in injuries when you push them too far. The other major benefit is that it's what we were originally designed to do, according to the anthropologists that study ancient man. They truly believe that our ancestors walked extremely long distances, but they didn't run long distances. Uh, And 
if we go back to what we were designed to do, run, walk, run, the body can relate to that and it can keep going and it can allow you to do some just amazing things. The uh, final point is in the benefits by time. Those who used to run nonstop in the marathon and found the right run, walk, run, the average improvement is 13 minutes. Uh, those who, uh, in a half marathon, used to run nonstop and found the right run, walk, run, there's a seven-minute on the average improvement there. The best benefit as relayed to me is the recovery. The recovery, I ran faster and I recovered faster. I don't really understand how that was, but I'll take it. And people can actually train personally with you. Jeff Galley can be their coach or people from their team. We alluded to this a little bit earlier, but tell us about that opportunity for personalized coaching. The main benefit as relayed to me by my clients over the years has been the accountability and the reinforcement of being able to do a hard workout and then get my feedback on it because I always find good things that people did as a result of their hard workouts. Uh, and then the other area is the questions. There are always questions of training and you can never think of these in advance. They pop up after workouts and then you hear all this uh, mixed uh, reviews of everything on the internet, and it's very hard to sort through that. Well, I do that for you, and I explain why it is based on science and also data that we have collected. And uh, it, it's possible for you to do these amazing things, not be exhausted, and not have aches and pains all the time. All right, Jeff, 16 weeks out. Could you give all these dopey challengers a little pep talk and a little extra motivation to get them through that difficult training? Hey there, dopey challenger. You are about to embark on a journey that only a select few dare to attempt. The dopey challenge isn't just a race. It's a testament to your determination, endurance, and unwavering spirit. As you stand at the starting line, remember this. You're stronger than you think. You're braver than you know. And more resilient than you can imagine. You'll run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a full marathon, all in the magical world of Disney. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, but I want you to keep these words close to your heart. First, believe in yourself. Trust in the countless hours of training and the fact that you did not give up. You kept with it. And that is the essence of what belief will do for you when you get tired in your race weekend. Embrace the journey. Remember that every step, every mile is part of your incredible journey. Savor the moments, the laughter, the challenges, for they are the chapters of your story and they will be the things that you will get pinged for the rest of your life when you think about 
other challenges. Once you get through the dopey, you realize you can get through almost anything else. Third, you're not alone. You're surrounded by fellow runners who share your passion and dedication. It's like teamwork. Lean on them when you need support and offer a helping hand when they need it. Fourth, pace yourself. Rome wasn't built in a day, neither is a dopey challenge conquered in one step or one mile. Find your rhythm, stay focused, conserve your energy for that long road ahead. Five, mind over matter. When your legs grow weary and doubt creeps in, remember that your mind is the most powerful asset. You can and will overcome any obstacle that stands in your way if you will turn on your human brain. And by the way, a simple tip there, count your steps. When you start counting, you turn on your human brain, and that is going to do away with negative hormones that that monkey brain has been producing. And sixth, celebrate every milestone. Each finish line you cross is a victory in itself. Celebrate these achievements with pride because they bring you closer to your ultimate goal. And just remember, you can do it. Thank you so much, Jeff. Always an honor to have you with us. We'll be seeing you at Wine and Dine at the Expo. John and I will be there and we'll be back next week with another episode of 321 Go, the podcast. Bye-bye.